Welcome to the next episode of Myths and Stories. Uh, tonight, we're continuing our look at the history of the Cabal. Um, and we've kind of we've kind of really caught up to where a lot of players, I think, kind of know what's going on. Because uh, we went all the way through, we covered, you know, the, the start of the, the, um, the first emperor, Agrius. Uh, we covered the rise of Callus, the rise of Gaul, the fall, the overthrow of, of, uh, Callus, uh, Gaul's, the exile of Callus, Gaul's intro to our system, the, the craziness that happened with both those two things, uh, D1's campaign, or not D1, D2's camp, vanilla campaign, uh, some of the little things that were happening in D1, they were kind of like, like, oh, little scout missions. Um, and now, uh, and and we covered opulence. I almost forgot opulence because that's you know insanely important. Um, so now we are moving on to a little-known season called I'm going to call it season of the sundial because that's what it, that's what I think it's called. Um, it is it is quite possibly myth's favorite season, and at the same time myth's most hated season because because they of took it away from guns. me is why. Uh, <laughs> they took it away. <laughs> we have a small funeral pl- procession for for Breachlight. Um, you shall be missed. Uh, there have been close replicas, but nothing has quite come compared to it uh, uh, for a one for one. So uh, I just want it back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just. Yeah, my my favorite game uh, in the game was released with. Uh, season of the dawn i believe it was um i'm calling it season of the, of the yeah, sundial same thing. but i think dawn really i think dawn is the... <laughs> but yeah is is i'm i'm a side iron man for any that don't know um breach light was my baby for the time it was around nosmosis demo is is uh the god role that i had that still sits in my vault to this day unable to be upgraded so Someday. Don't don't let him lie to you. He's already deleted it. I have not. <laughs> I have screenshots. <laughs> I can prove this. Yeah. Well, and and funny thing about the weapons from that time period, if you have any of them on you and you mouse over their power level, it says it's capped at like ten fifty, but then its current level is thirteen fifty because they keep mm-hmm. increase. Like if you anything that's in your inventory, when the next power cap comes out, they increase everything to then. So for like the first part. The first like day of the first of the new expansion, Breachlight is viable, and then you can't use it anymore. <laughs> I can still use it in PvP, and I do from time to time. Uh, That's true. But it's, that is it's true. Not, it's not the same. I want to. Traveler's Chosen works as a, a you know very viable replacement, but it eats an exotic slot, and sometimes I don't want that. So. Someday. This is true. They got to make room for two-tailed fox. Yeah. Definitely that one. <laughs> All right. Now that we have completely gone off the rails mm-hmm. in this one, uh, <laughs> Breachlight came from an activity called the Sundial. And the Sundial was very important to the Cabal. Why? The Cabal at this point uh, have tried to invade the solar system, have been rebu- rebuked multiple times, uh, thought they were winning with Dominus Gaul and his capturing of the Traveler and uh, you know removal of the light from 
99% of the, the Guardians at the time. Uh, only to be beaten back by a single Guardian, but the Guardian. Um, the Guardian. The, what was what, what it? Uh, VIP 2014. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. And so we, we're now at this point where uh, they're kind of looking for any way to, to right some wrongs here or, or uh, to, to roll back the clock, literally, in this case. Because we're talking like all of, their, all of their victories here in the solar system have been very, very short-lived. Yeah. It's been like a quick blip, maybe, a, maybe an hour worth of celebration, and then they get, they get slammed. Yeah, and for a, a race like the Cabal, especially, like, they're not used to defeat, nor do they really yeah. know what to, how to, like, comprehend or, or uh, move on past a crushing defeat. We're, t- we're, talking about, we're talking about a race of, of, of beings that are, it's win or, win or die. There is mm-hmm. no go home. There is no, there, there's none of that. It's literally win or die, full stop. Yeah. Uh, so when a pair of scions, or I shouldn't say a pair, a uh, a quartet of scions, um, oh. comes across this thing called the sundial, and understand what it can do, they put all of their resources that they can into securing, uh, first repairing and then securing and then using the sundial to try to redo the red war in their favor. So let's let's start with the with the big question. What is the sundial? So the sundial is a device that was built by Osiris. But it's almost like a like a failed experiment, right? Um it didn't achieve its original goal that Osiris had built it for. It it does allow one to traverse through time. Uh, however, Osiris was doing that for a very specific reason. Um, because at the end, or, or during the Curse of Osiris DLC, uh, we, the player guardian, discover a body within the Infinite Forest. Uh, and that is the, the body of Saint-14 who was uh, Osiris's... Uh, I don't know if they ever directly say that they're, they're lovers, but it, it's... Yeah, read between the lines and it's all over the place. I, um, I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to refer to them as lovers. I, I, yeah. If Bungie's not going to outright say it, I'm going to outright say it. Yeah, you know, it, I, I think that uh, it's very heavily implied to the point where it's it's canon um yeah so needless to say when we discover the body of saint and kind of uncover that he had been fighting vex in the infinite forest for millennia uh osiris then knew that's where saint was at some point in time uh and so he created the sundial with the intention of controlling the infinite forest to uh Peer into times where, in hopes that he would find a living saint and be able to pull him into uh, our time or somehow assist him 
uh, at that critical moment so that he would not, in fact, die. But he was never able to find him. I know. I totally just derailed us. Let me... <laughs> let, let me let me let me revert this train back okay we're the the cabal the sundial sundial is here they want to they want to fix the red war there's this group of sister scions that discover the sundial after osiris has deemed it failed and has hidden it and given up on it um they understand what it can do and understand that if they can I think the assumption for Season of the Dawn that we have to make is that somehow, someway, the sundial allows for true time travel. Because it's the only way it makes sense. Uh, That's, yep. Because we interact with Saint-14 in, as a young Saint-14 uh, in the past, and we gift him the perfect paradox shotgun. That's which, right. That's then right. he leaves Mercury with that shotgun, goes on to, to do Saints' other adventures and massacres, and uh, then comes back to Mercury seeking Osiris after Osiris's exile, and then goes back into the Infinite That's Forest right. and ultimately is, is killed there. But nothing that he does outside of Mercury makes a lick of sense using the shotgun we gave him unless we actually affected time in some way. Uh, I mean, that would, that would be why it's called the perfect paradox, right? Like we gifted it to him as a younger self so he could have it to give, to give the parts of it to give back to us after he was dead. So we could reassemble it to give it to his younger self. Like that's the, that's the whole loop there. Like, and we, we run into the same issue with these Scion sisters using the sundial. Nothing they do in the infinite forest should have an effect on our reality outside the forest unless the sundial specifically gives them the ability to go back and make changes that affect all of reality, not just the simulation they're in. So could there could this could the Scion's psychic abilities play into the any any type of of Tom fuckery with the sundial to be able to do something like that? Could a Scion make a projection or a simulation a real thing? I mean it's not impossible, but I feel like we're just making up superpowers at that point to try and explain something that you should have a better right explanation <laughs> to begin with. I I agree. I agree. I I think you're right, though. I think we we either have to operate with with this with the thought of the sundial somehow allows actual time travel, or we just make some bullshit up. Yeah. Like I I I I think I think the most logical thing to go with now then is that the sundial itself allows for actual time travel yeah so i think we're gonna have to and and osiris doesn't yeah, like we're, that. we're gonna have to assume that going forward unless a uh, new evidence presents itself to to some different way that this all works um but we keep, we okay. keep talking about these scion sisters and i think it's it's worthwhile to actually dig into some of the lore surrounding these sisters uh, since they are the main antagonists of the cabal during this season, I was fixing to ask: do do we do we want to get the train back on the yep on the tracks yep. over there? Okay. 
There, it's there. <laughs> so uh, most of the lore surrounding these sisters actually came to us via web lore. Um, and these are uh, lore, uh, I don't know if books is the right word, uh, long-form lore entries that Bungie released on their social media, the Twitter, BungieNet, whatnot. Um, I think that have I since been these. archived in Ishtar Collective and and the like. Uh, they're almost like mini comics, right? Well, they didn't have any visual component. They were oh, okay. They okay. were purely just purely text. purely story. Yeah. Okay. Or text. Yeah. Um, but the first of the relevant ones for this is entitled Sisters, and uh, it gives us a look into the sister scions actually discovering the sundial and um, planning what they want to do with it. So it reads as such. The three sisters arrived on Mercury. They searched for the infinite forest and through it a path to their people's salvation, a simulated future where they were free from the cabal. Instead, they found something else. Small disturbances, said old, oldest Oslecht the wise. Little currents in this timeline. Can you see them, sister? I can taste them, said second-born Tazarok, the hungriest. I can feel the edges. Third-born Nerul, the quietest, reached her hand out to test the air. As can I, said she, and something else. The source is disguised. The technology is human, but refined. Surprisingly so. Disable it, said Tazarak, who is impatient. It is leaking. I wish to see the leak. Nairul fluttered her fingers across the sleeve of her suit. She worked for one day and one night, though the passage of time was hidden by Mercury's perpetual blinding light. All the while, she could feel the restless impatience of her sisters. A strange device shimmered into existence around them. They looked up the length of an enormous golden spire. It whispers, said Tazarak. Then block your ears, said Oslecht. Do you see the potential in this? Chaos, said Nerul. No, said Oslecht, opportunity. See how it tugs at the fabric of our time? Can you see the seams? The seams were sewn tightly shut, but a skilled hand could find them. A skilled hand could rip every stitch. All three sisters could feel it. It will take time to activate, said Nerul. Someone has protected it from meddling. We will have time, said Oslicht. We will open the past and change the course of Gaul's fate. Anticipate his mistakes. Undercut his advisors. Why? said Tezarok. Because he could be swayed to our purposes, said Oslicht. He was a fool, but he could be puppeteered, led to a more advantageous downfall. But why not go back further? said Tezarok, to dash the whelp's skull in the pit before he crawls out onto a throne. Risky, said Nerul, shaking her head. Why not tear into the future instead? 
and make our attack where the guardians cannot predict it. Predictions are not their only strength, said Tezerak. And yet they have built this, snapped Nerul. Sisters, Oslecht said, we needn't argue. This device will let us walk through future and past both, and so we will cut the most advantageous path, whatever it may be. For hours and days and weeks, the sisters labored over the machine. While her sisters defended her from the vex, Nerul bent the device to their purposes, and with the force of their combined will, made it whir to life. Around them, time split among its seams, windows into other worlds, Mercury's true past and future open before them. The device stood at the center of all of it, an anchor point, and all along the fault lines of time, where the past and present and future met, Vex were ripped in half, sliced through by a knife of pure temporal energy. They surveyed their new kingdom, a past, present, and future open to their manipulation. It is so clear, said Nerul, reverent, an unobstructed glimpse into what was and what will be. Not the troubled ramblings of a mad thing like the Oxa, said Tezerak. They shared the feeling of unbounded possibility and tasted the potential for success and then for failure. Together they drank the feelings in and steeled themselves against them. The past and future are at our fingertips, sisters, said Oslecht. Let us see what prospects they hold. That's the end of that web lore. Uh, so I think that this essentially confirms what we were, th- we were thinking, is that they're yeah. literally tearing into time. Like this I, is I actual right. time travel. That's <clears throat> that's that's what it seems like. Like there's the fact that they're talking about seams and 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 tearing the stitching and and opening those seams and all of this seems like this is actual time travel. Then, yeah, and and they don't state that they're in the infinite forest. So all of this is that's happening true. outside of the infinite forest itself. Um. Well, and so here's a. Here's a dumb question. When we when we do this, I, I know this is a hard one to, to ask because I, I can't remember myself. I'd have to go back and look at videos. Um, when we did the sundial, did we go to the infinite forest? I don't rightly remember. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of the problem, right? Like, I don't I, feel like we ever... Yeah, I don't feel like we ever went through the gate of the Infinite Forest. It just kind of transmatted us into where the sundial was. Um, I was going to say, so if I remember, we, we, we started out on wherever the sundial was on Mercury, and there was some Cabal there, and we, we fought our way up to the center por- portion of it, right? There was some Cabal, there were some Vex, some champions that were in that little first section and then when we made it to the center section that's when it like activated and word and then it and then it would open up a pathway to another another section of it where we'd go through that section and fight either i think it was always cabal wasn't it yeah it was cabal and vex yeah cabal and vex yep so so yeah so i think i think you're right the more i'm starting to think about this i don't think that this 
had anything to do with the Infinite Force. I think this is actual time travel then. I think so. I think that I think this is I think this is a device that exists I I think that the sundial was a device that existed on Mercury outside of the Infinite Forest just somewhere else on Mercury like whatever whatever Osiris did to hide it away physically hid it from us the Guardian and I mean quite possibly the Vanguard and all that stuff because I mean Osiris had to have built this during his exile. No, actually. Which, um, he built this after Curse of Osiris because he didn't know Saint's body was out there to be found until oh. we had discovered it. Um, okay then. And he he actually well. there there's a discussion that he does have with the Vanguard uh, in light of realizing that the Cabal have discovered the sundial and are actively using it. Um. He, you know, has a meeting with right. uh, with the Vanguard and other important parties in the tower to let people know, like, yeah, I did a thing, and now it now it could be in our enemy's hands. Uh, so uh, the- <laughs> does he ever say that he screwed up though? Uh, well, let's let's find out. So this is the Desperate Times web lore. So this is another, uh you know, released on social media, uh, lore card. Okay. Um, that is that, that meeting. So it goes as such. Chronometric emissions cut across Mercury's surface and radiolaria stemmed from fissures that erupted like open wounds in the machine soil. White blue streams of arc energy carved borders around a circular sector about a hundred miles wide. Walls of chronometric flame tore through vex spires that came tumbling down in halves and shared and sheared minotaurs in two along the boundaries of the region. The Red Legion stood watch as these eruptions flared around every cabal machine, structure, and soldier inside the sector. They showed no sign of panic as ethereal fire burned over the world and their Vex opponents. Instead, they waited, watched, and mobilized purposefully around the phenomenon. The circular shape that these walls cut were further segmented into three sections. Red Legion soldiers found themselves staring across the chronometric walls at each other from inside Mercury's past present and distant future under three different skies three different suns and on three different elevations of mercury's gradually descending surface the red legion went to work perhaps this time they would win the red war somewhere deep inside the vanguard halls in a secure meditation chamber a trio of warlocks surrounded osiris one Praxic, one Thanatnot, and one Vanguard. Did the Vex corrupt him? Anur wondered. My order just wants to know if he's real, or some kind of Vex simulation. An echo, Harper said, paging through a datapad in his hands. You haven't left the forest in years, Ikora said to Osiris, the only one to address him directly. I need help, Osiris replied. 
I know, Ikora responded, hands clasped behind her back. She stared intently at her former mentor. Back in her crucible days, that uncompromising gaze was often the last thing her opponents saw. Anor glanced sidelong at her superior. Harper coughed and looked down at his data pad. Two years ago, guardians entered the infinite forest, Osiris continued. They aided me in defeating the Axis mind Panoptes, preventing a Vex apocalypse from befalling this system. In the process, he looked between each of them in turn. Some guardians reported a body they found in the forest depths. Ikora sighed. Saint-14 never came back from that last mission to Mercury. We finally knew why. I reacted to it as the only way I knew how. By turning Mercury into a temporal weapon for the Cabal? Anor asked. You're awfully tranquil for a man who just doomed this system, Harper said. You should rethink your career in Thanonautics, Warlock Harper, if death frightens you so the exile replied. He nodded at Anur. I've made mistakes. I will continue to make them. The nature of my work requires it. We should lock you away, the Praxic replied. But there was no fire in it. There are others you've allowed to roam free. These are desperate times, Anur, Osiris said. I think you know that. Harper opened his mouth to ask a question, but Ikora cut him off. Give us a minute. Anor ducked her head, and Harper bristled, but both left without question. Alone with Osiris, Ikora said, The speaker was right to exile you. We all make our own choices, Osiris replied. Like the Vex gateway you built to the Undying Mind, a strategy like that is exactly what the machines would not expect, and you knew the Guardians would deliver. What's your point? You think like I do. You've done what I never could. Found a way to coexist with the vanguard while keeping their fool necks above the water, said Osiris. If you think you're helping your case, you're not. Time is broken on Mercury. I need help from our mutual friends. I know that. My hidden have scouted your sundial. The Red Legion are loose in a time rift that's localized to the past, present, and future of Mercury. She took a step closer to him, shoulders tense. If we don't contain it, it's not going to stay that way for long. The rift will expand across the system. I've created a mitigation network across Guardian space. I am in control. You are anything but. Saint deserved another chance, Ikora. So did Cade. So did everyone we lost in the Red War. We'll hunt the Cabal across every timeline they create with the Sundial. They'll never be able to exploit it. You're damn right, because you're going to mobilize the Guardians. You're going to fix this, and you and I are going to have a long talk when it's done, Osiris. Mercury should be the least of your worries. Excuse me? Let's save it for that long talk. So that's the discussion between them. I do like how Osiris straight up calls out uh, Ikora, like, who hurt you, Ikora? 
I mean, she literally like, I mean, you you built a freaking Vex gateway in the middle of the city, in the middle of the city, to the to, to directly to the Undying Mind, all because you knew that the Guardians would would de- would deal with it, like. He's straight up telling her, like, she's giving him all this shit this whole time through this whole, like, th- this whole thing. And he's just like, well, pff, you did it too? <laughs> and she's like, what, what, is, what does that even mean? So, quick note for anyone that is uh, not aware, because they didn't play during that time. That is a reference to something I did in Season of the Undying. Yeah. It was building a Vexcape. And then there was a big meme, because somebody named their guardian... Ikora, who hurt you and planted themselves on top of the Vex gate. So whoever that guardian is, I don't know who who it was. I just remember the meme of the guardian sitting on top of the 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 Vex gate that's being built, and it just said their name is just Ikora, who hurt you, and it's just a screenshot of that, and it's just it's hilarious. Um, yeah. So that and there's also two other warlocks in here with them too. Uh, Arnor of the Praxic Order and Harper of the Thanatonauts. Um. So I mean we're talking we we've got like every high ranking warlock that I can think of from every fact I mean obviously there's tons of other factions right like there's the 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 stormcallers there's anyway but uh I mean they're 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 reading they're reading the rights like they're they're like what the fuck are you thinking Osiris to build this thing you literally turned mercury into a, you weaponized mercury for the cabal and not just like a like hey I'm going to turn this into a gun. A time weapon. A temporal weapon. Like, that has so many... So this is literally this is literally time travel then. This right here confirms that this is literal time travel. This is no longer like a butterfly effect thing that's going on here. And it appears that this is time travel on a very large scale, actually. So, yeah. so right now, the... Uh, Sundial is acting as an anchor, and it seems to have divided uh, Mercury, or at least a portion of Mercury, into, you know, this pie wedge of Mercury is the past, this pie wedge is the present, this pie wedge is the future. And from what Ikora is saying, it's unstable. So if that's allowed to continue, it's you're going to get those like those pie wedges uh, are going to expand out past mercury into the system in general and you're gonna have wedges of the system that are in the past the present and the future and that's just this is gonna fuck everything up oh that's yeah it's just there's no yeah yeah so ikora ikora like like you were saying she sent her hidden out to to check this thing out and to be like hey this thing is fucked up there's all sorts of time shit going on timey-wimey bullshit uh for all you doctor who fans out there um so yeah the osiris messed up man he did uh and he he acknowledges it kind of but then also hand waves it away all at the same time he does um he's like yes i have made mistakes i will continue to do so it is the nature of my work like right like (laughs) suck it yeah that's 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 kind of the i can't yeah he just hand waved away um, but it kind of addresses why, uh, you know, Ikora says what, what we had talked about before, like, well, why did they bring Saint back? Why not Cade? Why not anyone else that was lost in the Red War? Um, and I think it's this because... This is strictly selfish. 
Yes. And, and I think it's because it's, for now, it's localized in Mercury. That. And so I, think, you can't, I think that's the other part of it. You, know, you can't go to the reef and save Cade because it hasn't extended out that far yet. Right. And, but if by the time it does get that far, like, we're screwed. Shit's so. going to be fucked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're talking like the Earth is going to be split in between past, present, and future. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that? Like that would be wild. we're walking around the last city and there's like golden age guys sitting next to us and Clovis Bray is like, what the fuck is it, dude? Yeah. That would be yeah, Osiris cool. Osiris fucked up. Um and he, all he of didn't our... selfish he he's completely selfish in why oh, yes. he did it. He oh, yes. he straight up says two years ago the Guardians found a body. He's talking directly about the the events of uh Curse of Osiris. They found a the Guardian found a body. We know exactly whose it is. I'm going to bring him back. Like that's, mm-hmm. but I mean that's that's Osiris, right? Like he is the pompous, know-it-all warlock, right? Like that's just yep. that's like his that's his nature. Yeah, that's his. Thing. God, that seems, uh... that seems kind of sad now to see the state that he's in. Like that that like just kind of drives home the current state that that Osiris is in right now, right? Like that's just like, ouch, you know that really hits. To, to see the life, I say lifeless, but lightless and lifeless husk of a of Osiris of what he is now. Now, anyway, got a little touching there for a little bit. A little touch and go yeah. with the tears. We're good. Um, so so the Cabal have access to this thing, and and through this meeting, they're like, shut it down. Yeah, and they you know come to the conclusion uh, that like we we got to send in the guardians. Uh, VIP 2014 the to the rescue. <laughs> uh, because you know, at this point in season of the Undying, we had already proven that we are fully capable of going through a Vex portal and eliminating a threat in every timeline that exists, just yep. via sheer numbers. And they're like, "Well, it yep. worked once, so it'll work again." Uh, because this is this was the season directly after. Uh, undying, right? Like right. so, undying yeah. happened with all the Vex pouring in on the moon, and then Ikora built the whole thing and was like, "Oh, go deal with that one." And the whole reason why we killed the Undying Mine was because we sent millions of Guardians through millions of simulations through millions of timelines to kill the Undying Mind. To which, I guess that's kind of a paradox in itself, right? Like if it's called the Undying Mine and we killed it, is it yeah. is it just called the Dying Mine now? Like is that it's called the dead mind is what it's called. The dead mind. Yeah, uh, that's what it is. So the, the guardians are mobilized against uh, these scions and the cabal at, in general that the scions are controlling. Um, and we come face to face with different boss battles each week during the season between Oslicht, uh, Tazarok, and Nirul. I'm assuming, uh, I'm assuming the first one. So Tezzerok to me would be the arc one. Because of like Tesla and Tesseract and and like arkiness. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, I'm gonna stop. Because <laughs> yeah, you're just I'm gonna not explain sure them which all. one was which. <laughs> oh, but you're they, not gonna explain them all. Well, damn it. <laughs> but they they were themed. You know, one was right. uh, Void, one was Solar, one was Arc, or at least those were the abilities they used against us. Uh, but I do not have which one was which because it it doesn't so really matter. A... To the story. Well, I know it doesn't matter to the story, but as far as like a like them using, were they using light? 
Uh, no, not any more so than you know a vex with a void shield. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. I, th- I think some of it's just because video game, you know. Right. Um, right. Like I didn't know if there was any type of like lore implications or any type of like serious things going on like hey these scions have access to the light and they're using light abilities but i mean i guess i guess like it could have been like trap light or or it could have just been because video game well and void solar and arc are not created by light we're just given control over them by the light that's right Uh, you know that's right those those energies still exist uh, and are, even if are the light didn't exist, able to use be used in different ways. It's just we can manipulate them with the light, right? But uh, okay. but in in their defeat, uh, the three sisters. Spoiler Isaac, alerts: We killed Tessarach all three of them. Rule, yeah. Um, come to a conclusion that they they're gonna do one last ditch effort because there's. There's no other way that they can prevail at this point because the Guardians have just beaten them back at every other turn. Uh, and they do something called a joining, which I don't think we've seen any other Scion do. Uh, I and there's a web lore for this as well. Okay. So this one reads, The three oldest sisters, Oslect, Tezarek, and Nirul, gathered around Amtek, the youngest. They spoke in harmonizing tones, each voice the pluck of a different string on the same instrument. You know our purpose, said Oslecht. This crumbled timeline will let us right the wrongs of Gaul the abdicted, said Tazarak, and thus see our people. Reborn, said Nirul, loosed from our fetters. I know your purpose, said Amtek, who is the most beloved. She trembled in their massive presence. The three oldest sisters had begun the process of joining, known only to them through ancient texts of the mind, never accomplished in recent memory. It was a permanent meta-concert, an unbreakable bond of self-disillusion. Already their minds had begun to merge, and Amtek could see them being drawn closer, as if by some magnetic force in their bones. Then you know, said Oslecht, the consequences of our failure, said Nerul. Amtek nodded. Her eyes darted from sister to sister, now both more foreign and more familiar, as each sister was each other sister somehow combined. Together we are stronger, said Tezarak. Than any threat that may challenge us, said Oslecht. But should we fail? Unlikely though it is, said Tezarak. You must succeed where we could not, said Oslecht. And so you will join with us. In mind, said Nerul. But not in body, said Tezarak. Already Amtek could feel the power of their minds, their mind, settle against the edges of her own like a heavy, flat stone. And so our failure, said Nisrul, will be your failure, said Oslecht, and our revenge, said Tezarak, will be your revenge, said Oslecht. Amtek had hoped, since the beginning, to join her sisters in mind and body on the battlefield of time. 
She had thought today they would ask, but she knew that if she felt it too keenly, they would taste her disappointment, and she craved their love. I understand, she said, and she vowed to see that any threat that would harm her sisters would be annihilated so thoroughly that it would be wiped from living memory. Thus ends that lore entry. Um, this is kind of freaky. Yeah, so these scions are merging, essentially, in yeah. both physically as well as uh, their consciousness are, are all merging into one thing, um, except for this fourth sister, Amtek, who they say, we're going to share our mind with you, but you will not become part of the body. Uh, Seems like she's kind of jealous for that, too. Like, she's like... Yeah. No, absolutely. She's she, like, well, she that wants fucking to blows. Be, yeah, she wants to be, you know, with them out fighting yeah. on the battlefield, and they're telling her, "No, stay behind. You're our our backup plan, essentially." Um, yeah, yeah. So, needless to say, we we kill <laughs> the merged sisters at the end. Spoiler of the season. alert! Uh, they did. We put a stop to their plans of finding a past uh, where the cabal win or find it or attacking us via the future um, or doing anything else. And once that threat is ended and Saint is saved, uh, the sundial is permanently destroyed. Oh, and thus breach light falls thus, to the hands of times. And thus breach light was sunset and the world lost a mighty thing. Uh, <laughs> no. But there's oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, uh, because we we only defeated the merge sisters, um, new rule Azalect and Tezerak. Uh, Amtek is still out there at the end of the season, and doesn't oh. take long to try and enact her revenge. Uh, and how she does that is uh, she rigs the the Almighty, which is still as we explained before, still floating in, in orbit, I guess, is correct, uh, next to kind of the, the sun. I was going to say, kind of between Mercury and the sun, because isn't it like taking chunks of Mercury to help like power it? But then when we went and disabled it in uh, the, the red, during the Red War, like it just stopped gathering chunks, basically. Right. We, we, we powered it off, but we couldn't destroy we could it destroy because it was because tied it's set to, to the, the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Amtec supposedly undoes that tethering to the sun um because in order video game. to yeah, right. Uh in order to set it on a crash course for the city. Um it's implied though never outright stated, I don't think that Amtec is Almost immediately after doing this, murdered by Anna Bray. <laughs> I was just to say, Anna Bray and Zavala are on the Almighty when this is happening, and they're just fucking killing anything that moves. Yep. So yeah, I I I I think Anna Bray killed her. Killed, I, I think like, so too. Yeah. Um, nothing about the season they, involves the Cabal after this point. Uh, right. But this was kind of, you know, the final 
the the final attempt at revenge from from Amtech. Uh, like the act of a desperate man type thing. That's yeah. It's, that's yeah. that's always seems what's happening here with the cabal. Like it's it's basically up until Keitel, all of this seems like just the act of a desperate man. Like it, Gauls is is like I'm gonna come in here and do this, and then is short lived. Like you know, ten minutes later, we're like, yeah, no, you're not. And he's like, oh shit, and dead. And then like even even Waternoose, even fucking console Waternoose, his whole like hundred year reign of like i'm gonna raise gall to be the mightiest and he's just like dead sucks to suck mm-hmm. uh yeah cabal can't catch a freaking break man i i don't know i'm starting to feel a little sympathy for these guys nah screw that screw the cabal <laughs> so uh while other things are happening in our system uh and it, i guess we're not sure exactly what the the timeline's are um sure know, what's happening in our system while things are happening at the cabal's homeworld uh but it is somewhere between season of the dawn and uh beyond light essentially um or season, season of, the, of chosen. the chosen yeah um that we have the fall of torbatal the cabal homeworld so back on the Cabal homeworld, uh, Keitel has assumed leadership of the Cabal and been crowned Empress uh, because there's no one left to do to, to lead. There's, there's, uh, there's literally no one left. Everyone else is either in the soul system dead or exiled as a, as a clone or whatever they are on Callus's Leviathan. Yeah, so all that left was Keitel, and she was the, the rightful heir, at least by, you know, Callus's bloodline. Um, I was going to say, is she actual, th- this isn't just like a, you know, a surrogate daughter type thing, or, or like a like a adopted daughter. This is actual Callus's daughter. Yeah, or at least he, he refers to her as such, as his daughter. Okay. There's never any any further explanation there. Um, okay. So I wonder who her mom was. That's a good question. I nah, maybe we'll matter. find out someday. Uh, nah, she's probably dead. Probably died in, died in a random cabal pit of something. I don't know. I mean, that that seems to happen to cabal quite regularly. It does. It does. Some but guardian so, just came and snuffed him out. Like screw that lady. Like didn't even know her name. Just screw that lady and killed her. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. So Keitel has assumed leadership of the Cabal. Um, <laughs> however, yes. the constant losses of the Cabal in the Soul System, you know, it, losing the Red Legion, which, remember, was their world-stomping army up till Never this lost point. a battle. Never, Never lost, lost a battle. battle up till this one. So that's, yeah. that's a crippling blow for their military might and for their, their cultural might in general. Absolutely. Uh, this drives Keitel's teacher, Uman Arath, who we talked about before, I think in our first or second episode, um, to decide that the Cabal need to find new avenues to power. And Uman starts studying the hive. Uh, and what it's ends kind up of happening... Bold move. What ends up happening is Umanarath becomes obsessed with the hive 
uh, and specifically with Shivu Arath, uh, and becomes the vehicle for which the Cabal homeworld ultimately falls. And well, we can shit. see that pinnacle moment play out in the lore book titled Empress, the chapter New Gods. And that one goes like this. It was Tauron, one of Keitel's advisors, that alerted her to the spectacle. In the square, she said, her voice laced with concern. I've never seen anything like it. Keitel went immediately. In the central square of Torbottle's weaponsmith district, a bright green flame licked the air. Umen Arath stood against the blaze, naked but for a waist wrap, in the custody of two guards. Her hide was carved with strange, crude symbols. When she saw Keitel arrive, she threw her head back and laughed. Here comes the Princess Imperial, she said to kneel before our new god. Keitel strode forward. Let her go, she told the guards. Reluctant, they did as she asked. What god, Umen? What heresies have you invented now? Umen grinned. The god of war, she said, and the earth trembled beneath them. Keitel stood before Umen in the flickering green light of the fire. Your obsession is a weakness, she said, and a threat to our prosperity. You cannot stop it now, Umen lilted, breathless with delight. Keitel didn't break her stare. I have no choice but to. Umen, chuckling, raised her hands. They glowed. The fire behind her burned higher and chattered like rattling bones. The war is all there is, she said. As the chattering reached a fevered pitch, Keitel made a decision. With the lightning-quick reflexes Umen had taught her, she unsheathed the ceremonial sword at her side and ran it through Umen's middle. Umen laughed. She laughed and laughed and laughed until her mouth began to ooze, until Keitel, disgusted, pushed her off the sword with her foot. The body tumbled back onto the green blaze. As the fire consumed the corpse, a gargantuan portal opened in the sky. So that's the end of that card, but not the end of uh, this particular interaction. So there are additional there's additional text that goes along with this lore card that's kind of uh implied to be scribbled in the margins kind of thing okay so that additional text first first off can i say that's awesome that there was a naked cabal just chilling there <laughs> i mean i don't know about just chilling it carved hive symbols into themselves yeah, uh, and had chillin green fire be. happening, but yeah, chilling might be a strong word to use here. Yeah, I, it, it's there was one interesting thing in that lore entry that that I wanted to point out. It talks of the the naked one because <laughs> now that's all I can think of. <laughs> Umen, uh, yeah, Omen. Uh, oh God, not not Uma Thurman. <laughs> wrong naked one. Anyway, 
So now, now it's Uma Thurman. Damn it. Okay, so the naked one. We're gonna stick with naked one because that that's gonna make sense for me. Uh, okay. Talks about <laughs> uh, all there is 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 war. Like it. It's to me this seems like a this should be like the perfect mating, right? Like the the warring species meeting up with the god of war. Like that that just seems like a unison yes. made in heaven, right? Yes. However, or or maybe I shouldn't say however, in addition to the portrayal of Shiva Wrath has been very tailor-made to uh be to fit what Uman is looking for. That's that, true. That's explained a little bit in the additional text here. So okay. I'm gonna Rock read a few I'm gonna read a few lines again and I'm gonna include these like in in the margin scribblings. Okay. So Keitel comes down to the square where Uman is standing with fire and hive runes carved into herself. It says, Here comes the Princess Imperial, she said, to kneel before our new god. That scribbling, I am Savathun. Uh, Uman grimmed, the god of war, she said, and the earth trembled beneath them. Scribbled, but the god of war has planted her armies elsewhere. It is her sister, smiling, that has taken the ear of the war child, Uman Roth. Uh, Keitel stood before Uman in flickering green light of the fire. Your obsession is a weakness and a threat to our prosperity. You can't stop it now, Uman lilted. In scribbled, Shivu Arath, hear me. You are war, and I conjure you with war and blood. This is after she's, Uman has been stabbed. Uman laughed and laughed and laughed until her mouth began to ooze. Keitel, disgusted, pushed her off the sword with her foot, the body tumbling onto the green blaze. That last scribble, a gift for my favorite sister. As the fire consumed the corpse, a gargantuan portal opened in the sky. So what these so, additional texts seem to imply... Yeah. Uman never talked to Shivu Arath, never communed nope. with the god of war. She communed with Savathun, pretending to be Shivu, uh, likely to you know, play into whatever the expectations were from Uman, promise power, promise whatever it was she was after, to yeah. make the Cabal a, uh, a gift to her sister. Now I'm guessing Shivu did the, or excuse me, Savathun did this in saying it was a gift, but really meaning it to be a distraction. Absolutely. Like, you you be busy with the cabal while I go figure out how to get rid of my worm, essentially. A hundred percent. Like that's yeah. Absolutely. That was that was gonna be my first thought is like if this is Savathun the whole time, like I mean Yeah. Yep. So Uman has been tricked by Savathun and has uh yeah, her her downfall, uh, her death opens this portal to Shivurath's armies to just roll on in. Um, Ain't that and, about a bitch, right? 
and the the cabal try to fight uh but they are outnumbered outgunned outmatched in every way and Keitel knew that there were strong warriors in the soul system that had proved themselves against not only the the red legion of the cabal but the hive that were also in the soul system and so i guess that's the thing does Keitel at all, at any point in time during this downfall of Torbottle, realize that it was Savathun that did the trickery? Or to her, is it all just Zebu Wrath and, and, and naked Uma Thurman? So um, it's implied later on that she does discover it was Savathun. Uh, I'm, it was actually in during the Witch Queen. Uh, there was a, uh, a, a dialogue at the end of one of the PSYOP missions, I, I think it was at the end of one of the PSYOP missions, where she says um, the downfall of the, when, when Savathun caused the downfall of the Cabal, or the downfall of, of Torbottle, uh, no, you know what, it was in the lore entry. Now I'm gonna. Now I'm gonna have to find it. Uh, Martian look at, look at this. Look, look at this guy. This guy. I just want y'all to, to all of our listeners. I just want y'all to realize what just happened there. Myth started off in one thought and then realized that he knew exactly where this lore entry was. <laughs> I, I. That was that was fun to follow. I'm not gonna lie. That was absolutely fun to follow. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the the lore entry where Keitel talks about this, uh, I guess, is up for debate because this is from okay. Martian missives, which, as we learned when we read them, um, you know, a, a ways back, uh, were tampered with by Savathun. That some of these right. were false messages, um, but in the Martian missive uh, titled Keitel One, I. Uh, she says, when Savathun brought Shivu Arath to my doorstep, she did so wearing the mask of a trusted advisor. Um, right. Now, is that Savathun pretending to be Keitel? Because God, clearly Savathun God would know what happened. Damn it. Uh, or is that like, was that an actual dialogue from Keitel that Savathun has then twisted to hold another message within that missive? Un- unclear. Um. But God, one thing we do it. know for sure <laughs> is that Keitel absolutely blames Shivu Arath for the down, like for bringing the armies and raising their planet, essentially. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Whether Savathun is Which to blame again, for her being there, Shivu still did it. It's, it's, I still think that that's odd that like the, the warring species. Like, like, I mean, the Cabal are—they are the warring species. They, everything about them is war and and conquer and death and and or not death, but war and conquer, basically. How did they not just like become really like besties with Zivu Wrath? Like, I I can picture like Zivu and 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 the Cabal just like holding hands in a in a blazing field of death, just frolicking and like da 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 playing over the. <laughs> loudspeakers right like well there's there's a few things to remember the first of which sivu is not interested in subjugation sivu ah. is interested in either you live or i live 
done. Now, is it strictly you live or I live, or is she just, or is she just interested in the moment of the war? Like the battle is all that matters. It doesn't matter who wins or loses. The battle itself is 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 the prize. Well, and say so Sivu, I see as the most primal interpretation of sword logic. To to sure. her, like she wants to constantly be fighting. She wants to constantly be in battle. Absolutely. Um, she thinks via the sword logic that she is going to be the one that always continues existing. But if something is strong enough to stop her, that it then you know, via sword logic, had a more of a right to exist than she did. Okay, uh, I, I like that. If anything, I could see Sivu looking at the Cabal, looking at their warring nature and go, ah, this will be a good competitor. I must test um, myself against this to see if sword logic will right. hold true. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. The Cabal, unfortunately, are in the worst possible state <laughs> to be receiving a large <laughs> army, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah so Keitel makes this decision as empress she sees her home world you know crumbling her army is being defeated and she has to make the decision of do i do what the cabal have always done and not retreat and push ever forward and break ourselves against the the rocks of the hive knowing that we will we will end because of it that we will go extinct or do i give an order that's never been given and retreat to the soul system where we know something uh this this group of warriors has beaten the hive before and maybe they can help us in in the immortal words of fitty scent or die trying <laughs> so she I makes... had to work that in there somewhere. Of course, of course. That's the uh, Cabal way. So Keitel makes the decision to give the order to retreat, which is a that's, big deal for Cabal. I was trying to say, that's like the biggest, like, this, 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 is, this is what I see as a true regime changeover. For her to give that order and the Cabal that willingly follow it to follow that mm-hmm. order like this this is a this is a full cha- this is a new era in cabal history i think and this this is this is truly uncharted territory for the cabal yep and so she packs up every man woman child into whatever is left of the cabal's fleet and they abandon torbottle and head to the soul system i uh, in hopes that they can strike a bargain with the the guardians uh to assist them in killing the hive because they know the guardians are the only things out there that have proven they can do it uh now unfortunately not all of the cabal or all of the counselors of the cabal we're terribly thrilled with the idea of retreating and are even less thrilled with the idea of begging another race for help. Especially I mean, you're talking help. I was going to say, you're talking hundreds of years of, of, of culture and history that, that this empress is now going against 
that's that's got to be a hard pill to swallow for for any cabal. So this brings Keitel to a honestly very clever decision uh, in hindsight, and we get to see her kind of toy with this idea and ultimately end up with with this idea in uh, the lore book Empress chapter entitled Truce. And it says, Keitel was sitting alone in her private quarters. She glanced up, awoken from her reverie when Tyrune arrived. Empress, Tyrune said, bowing. She was a stickler for formality. The other counselors are awaiting a decision regarding our arrival in Seoul. Keitel gave her a wry look, as if she didn't know. Tarin waited. When Keitel didn't answer, she pressed further. Have you made a decision? Keitel sighed and shifted in her seat. Not yet, she said. There is much still to consider. Sit down. Tarin hesitated, caught between her dedication to formality and a direct order from her empress. She gingerly lowered herself into a chair. The guardians killed Gaul, Keitel said. Yes, said Tyrun. Stories say they've killed greater enemies, too. Other deities of the Hive, even one of the Great Worms. And a sibling of Shivu Arath, Keitel added. Perhaps, then, the cost of this venture does not outweigh the benefits, Tyrune mused. We need every resource at our disposal, Keitel said. Tyrune was quiet. Keitel leaned forward in her seat. Do we need to make war to regain the Legion? Once more, Tyrune was silent. Eventually, she said carefully, You don't believe we would win? Keitel saw the blade hidden in Tyrune's question. We would win, she said. After a long, grueling war, we would sustain huge losses, and we'd leave ourselves open to further devastation at the war god's hands. Tyrune's gaze turned thoughtful. Yes, probably. She studied, studied Keitel's face. So what do you suggest? We negotiate, Keitel said quietly, with the guardians. Tyrune observed her customary moment of silence. Some of the counselors won't like it. I know, Keitel said. She stared past Tyrune, her jaw set. I don't either. You'll have to make a gesture for them, a nod to our legacy as conquerors. If they see it as a true, equal negotiation, Tyrune trailed off. They'll call it weakness, Keitel finished. Tyrune nodded, especially after fleeing Torbatal. They shared another silence. The ache of mounting stress began to push at Keitel's temples. Her voice was weary when she spoke again. Then we will demand that the guardians Neil. And that's the end of that card. I mean that 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 right there explains a lot of why we did what we did. Because this this is basically leading up to the season of the chosen. I say basically. This yes. this, this, this is, is leading up yeah. to the season of the chosen. Um and and 
I know that's a more recent season, and so I know some of our some of our listeners have, have obviously played through season of the chosen and 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 the proving grounds and all that stuff. And we even still have the the what what were the what were the the ones that were rolled in with the um I can't think of the name of the the, the thing that was rolled in with strikes the battlegrounds is that what they yep. were yeah battlegrounds uh, so yeah so we we still have those and and the proving ground strike um so yeah um but yeah all of that is just like cabal tradition like they the cabal at least as far as as far as this lore entry is concerned they're trying to show that they still have tradition and it's and it's less of trying to show us the guardian and more trying to show like the cabal of the old guard like yeah we're actually, you know, testing ourselves against them, though they it doesn't really seem like they need to. Well, and I think what a lot of this is is she's playing politics with these counselors. Um, Absolutely, Ty- Tyrone seems to be and, implying and that, that the counselors have the power to maybe dethrone her if they want to. Right. Right. Um. So she's having to appease them, and they're saying like. Counselors won't like it if you come to these guardians and try to do a true equal to equal negotiation. They will only be accepting of you trying to negotiate with the guardians if it's with the intention of us retaining our legacy as conquerors. And my interpretation of that is that Keitel never wanted to tell Zavala, you know, kneel to us, the city will become part of the Cabal Empire. I don't think she, she did. Saw that as the only way to not cause more internal strife within yeah. the cabal while at the same time maybe getting the support of the guardians still. Yeah. That's kind of I mean that really does set up a lot of the of the reasons why we did what we did in the chosen. Like I mean the whole proving grounds, right? Like, I, I, I guess here, here's a question. Uh, do we want to go through all of all of seasons chosen, or? Um, I think it's probably worthwhile to touch on at least the the main portions. We don't need to go in like excruciating detail. Super in on, depth. Okay. Yeah. You know, these were the names of these cabal commanders in this. Right. 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 Ground. Right. But um, just the just the events themselves. But gen- so general that's, themes. So so. So this this meeting is either happening on the way to the soul system, or I'm I'm assuming on the way to the soul system, or already at the soul system, um, and and so now we're at season of the chosen, where the very first scene is is the the very famous Neil and Zavala looks at her, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what, and and so like that sets up the whole thing of okay, well if you're not going to kneel, you need to prove yourself. So here's the battlegrounds. Here's the proving grounds. Here's every single test that we of Cabal have come up with over the years, be it archaic or not, to test you as the guardian to 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 be an equal to us, to 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 just be a a non-subjugated ally. Like and that's that's just that's new territory. Like that's all new territory for Cabal, right? Like that's just like oh, completely yeah. unheard of. And I think it's it's worthwhile to say that a lot of the decisions Keitel made in Season of the Chosen were beneficial in an obvious way to the Cabal and in a kind of hidden way to 
the yeah. actual success. Um, yeah. And I, I, I kind of attribute that to just she's a very clever leader. Uh, I think so. You know, I think they, as far as le- as far as Cabal leader goes, the only other leader that I can think was a very clever one would have been Acrius. But I don't know that Acrius was clever because we don't know enough about him, right? There's so little yeah. lore about Acrius. But the fact that that he was every every Cabal has modeled themselves after Acrius, and now we have the now we have Keitel, who is really thinking outside the box here, right? Like trying to think of a way to to see the entire fall of her of her homeworld. But to keep the cabal going and still, at least on the surface, show the cabal that we are still cabal, right? Like that's her thing. Like mm-hmm. she's like, we there's nothing she's trying to prove that there's nothing wrong with asking for help if help is needed. Because I think she internally has seen all these losses, these like, oh yeah, we won, but at what cost? Or we won, but Okay, did we really win or we won but for 5 minutes and then we got screwed again? Like Yeah. You know, she's starting to see all this stuff build up and and so she's trying to put on that 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 fate. Man, she has got some depth, man. I am digging Kyle now. Yeah, so to to back it up a little bit, we have that scene where there's a a, a meeting between Kyle and Zavala which we described already. She says, "Hey, we want to have a truce." with the Guardians to fight the Hive. We will make you, Zavala, a member of our War Council, and you will become part of the Cabal Empire. And Zavala's like, no. Guardians, you know, the the city will kneel to no one. Uh, And so, Keitel then goes, okay. You know, she she allows them to leave. You know, doesn't, doesn't, you know, bring on hostilities or anything. She allows Zavala to leave and instead now starts this thing called the Proving, which is based on a very, on an old Cabal tradition that we talked about in the first episode uh, of, you know, proving your strength above other Cabal, you know, competing with other Cabal to prove your strength. And she's saying, you know, whoever can prove themselves with this ancient right will be be a member of my war council. Be it, and be it, be it guardian this, or cabal or anything like whoever proves themselves. Yeah. Now she doesn't outright state that, but it's implied that like being a cabal of the cabal race is not a prerequisite for competing in this. Yeah. I. Uh, so she she has set the stage where she is appealing to ancient cabal traditions ancient militaristic cabal traditions which are very much it you know the the legions are very much supportive of uh as well as opening a door if they're smart enough to see it for the guardians to have an avenue to still work with the cabal at the same time i have to imagine she knows that the guardians are not just going to allow a cabal force to operate in the soul system unchecked right so (laughs) i think i think that's like the secret undertelling there is that that third part there like she knows she knows there's no way that the guardians are going to just be like oh yeah yeah y'all can just chill here in our system yeah you know we haven't totally just fucked you over for the last i don't know eight years it's fine y'all can chill there just don't touch anything 
yeah, so no, she, she's she's not she's using this this proving as appeasing the cabal legions as giving a indirect avenue for the guardians to to have an equal seat at the table and even if the guardians don't see it for themselves she knows that they're going to try and disrupt this ritual and become a part of it whether they know it or not in the process that's that's bold thinking man i i she's she's got some depth she's got more balls than any other cabal that i know she ain't even got balls That we know of. That we know of. So, Are Cabal asexual? N- it is not discussed anywhere in the lore. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll leave that up to your imagination and certain subreddits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do not rule 34, Cabal. I, don't do it. <laughs> uh, so needless to say, we, we do exactly what she thinks we're going to do. Uh, and that is we disrupt these rituals and by doing so prove ourselves worthy of being a, a member of her, her war council. Uh, and this all culminates in the final uh, confrontation with the, the, the Proving Ground strike, which is kind right. of Keitel, you know, we've proven ourselves strong enough that we can challenge her directly ish you know via champions you know yeah uh, and so Keitel chooses her champion to represent her and zavala chooses us uh our, our player guardian to represent the vanguard and we have this strike against uh the champion and all the cabal standing between the champion and, and our guardian um yeah and by defeating that chosen champion, we have now won the ability to uh, dictate what happens to the Empress and all of the Empress's subjects. And this is a gamble on her part that I can see one of two things happening here. Or, or I, I think she may have truly thought that with enough time and blood, the Cabal could have won against the Guardians if they needed to. Oh, sure. And I say that because when you do the Proving Ground strike and you defeat the champion, she sounds actually surprised that we won. Um, now, whether that's her feigning surprise is you know another thing right but it, it sounds in her voice like she was he, she truly wasn't expecting us to be victorious in that uh but we were yeah and zavala having the ability to just say yep all your shit is ours now um decides instead to have a true armistice with the cabal put an end to the hostilities between the city and uh Keitel's imperial legion specifically uh any of the splinter factions the red legion that didn't join her or uh the loyalists of callus that are still out there or you know people that just haven't picked a side they're still free game but yep Keitel's cabal are are off the table 
And uh, throughout this season, we've also been discovering that there are scions within the Cabal Legion, within Keitel's Imperial Legion, that have been developing a weapon in secret that can block the light from a guardian and render them and their ghost uh, able to be killed for a final death. Boom. A miniaturized version, essentially, of the giant net that Gaul put around the Traveler to cut off the Traveler's light to the Guardians. Uh, yeah. They shoot a ghost with it, and that Guardian's now separated from their ghost, and they can die. Uh, at the time that we discover this info, we think that the Cabal are planning to use anti-light weaponry against the Guardians kind of en masse. Uh, it, it's kind of implied, oh, they're trying to develop this stuff so that they have a weapon to use against us so that they can truly go to war against the Guardians. Um, or so we thought. Or so we thought. Bum, it, bum, 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 bum. So after we beat the proving grounds and, and have, you know, proven that we have the right to demand this armistice. Uh, there is a meeting between Zavala and Keitel to um, perform the, you know, fi- the ceremony that finalizes this armistice between the two. And Zavala is shot by this anti-light weapon or, or more specifically Zavala's ghost is shot with this anti-light net uh by a rogue scion such such an awesome scene that whole scene is right like mm-hmm. Keitel's there Zavala's there uh at, up until this point uh uh a masked crow has been assigned to Zavala as his personal bodyguard because there was an attempt on his life in the in the city and 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 Aldrin was almost seen, but Aldrin took out the other one and and or sorry, the crow. Aldrin's dead. Uh and Keitel's Keitel's got the gilded knife, right? She's like, let our blood be the last blood spilt here. And to like finalize it. And then so she she grabs the blade of it and literally just you know, squeezes the blood out of her hand and 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 hands the hands the blade over to these this other scion. Scion gets about halfway across this across the the ritual chamber the ritual area uh to hand it to Zavala for him to do the same and that's when that that's when this other scion in the rafters takes aim and like bloop caps doesn't kill the ghost but encapsulates it which then separates Zavala and then the scion that that is holding the blade grabs the grabs the handle of it like because he he's holding it all ceremoniously right like just both hands out like he literally takes one hand grabs the grabs the blade and starts to charge Zavala and then uh, Crow knocks him down and then and then Keitel comes over and literally just picks it up picks the scion up by the head and like snaps its neck and just fucking guts it and everyone it's like one of those famous like movie scenes where like everyone every gun points at every person in the room <laughs> like every yeah. gun from every cabal every gun that's 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 every like Zavala's ready to fucking gun up everyone's ready to just lock and load but it seems like this was just a single shot from the guy in the rafters because he doesn't have any mm-hmm. follow-up no like he, he pieces out as soon as he yeah. sees that it's not going his way that, uh, that this shit ain't gonna happen and uh, Keitel, you know, 
very clearly by offering assistance, but also afterwards is like, I did not order this. This yep. is, you know, outside this, this is a trader outside of my, you know, my control. Um, and, and she, I think, I think that's true. Genuine surprise on her hand. Yes, I think so. Uh, and, and she vows, you know, I will hunt them down. We will find them. You know, this, this was not of our doing. And, Zavala believes it, uh, and the armistice holds and has continued to hold. Held, uh, has continued held? to hold. Has um, has holded since then. It's, it's been it's been heldeded. Heldeded, yeah. You, uh, you want to get smote, smoten, <laughs> smitten? No, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, and that's why we're still working with Keitel even in the latest season uh, during during Witch Queen. Um, is because of this armistice that happened in Season of the Chosen. And so, well, real quick, I'm looking at time, and, and, and we're, we're pretty much to where I thought we would get to um, as far as the history of the Cabal. And I, I, I think we can, we can kind of say the history of the Cabal is, is wrapped up. We still have two more things that we want to start on, uh, starting with our next episodes. But I want to wrap up a few quick list loose ends here in this one. Um, number one, does Keitel ever find said factioned off Scion and get their shit kicked in? Uh, so she identifies the Scion, um, and the Scion belongs to kind of a group of rogue Scions that, if I recall correctly, refer to themselves as the Council. Um, and they are Sim- similar to like the old guard council of of Cabal de- of like old and Cabal days, or they just they just happen to call themselves the council. Well, the the old the old guard was the Praetoriate. Um, right, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. But yeah, they they just call themselves. I'm thinking the of consuls, consul, as far as I'm aware. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of consul uh, water news, right? Like, yeah, diff- different association. Um, they are. They're trying to, through any means necessary, um, get true, total freedom for the Scions. Uh, they, so these so Scions have literally been trying to do this for years. Like ever since they've been subjugated, it doesn't seem like they're a hundred. I mean, with anyone who would be subjugated by another species or another race or another whatever. There's not going to be a hundred percent just. Oh yeah, lay down our arms. Yep, you're in charge now. We suck. Yeah. yeah no, you're you're correct. Um, which I'm curious if the scions of the sundial were operating under their own thing, like so they small, weren't directed small there. Small correction here. Uh, it is not the scion council. It's the scion conclave. That's my bad. Conclave. conclave. Uh, but All yes. right. The scions of the sundial, I think, are of the conclave. Um, okay. Because they they mention, um, let's see, where is it here? So they mention in, in the first reading that they're they're originally going to the infinite forest to find a simulation that shows a path for. It says their people's salvation, a simulated future where they were free from the cabal. And the only Holy reason shit. they were trying to find a, a way for Gaul to win once they discovered that they could literally time travel 
was because they all believed that they could manipulate Gaul after he won to do what they wanted him to do. I mean, they're psychers. They're they're telekinetic. They could absolutely do whatever the fuck they wanted. Yeah. Uh, Man. Yeah. So this so this uprising of of scions this has been happening for years essentially, and they and in the soul system they've just now finally started to find the means of how to enact these uprisings and these little these little, but but clearly clearly Keitel ain't having any any part of it. Keitel's like yeah. nah y'all ain't y'all ain't being free of shit though though they have been named freeborn right by by Callus the or not only... freeborn. The only uh, scion named Freeborn uh, was the one that rebuilt the the Oxa machine. That Oxa, um, yeah. That that Callus then, you know, said, "Oh, you've done this great service. Uh, I'll name you Freeborn. You will be, you know, above the other scions." Literally, um, that one scion, not any other part of the scion, anything. Like they're all still just like subjugated tools to to Cabal. Yeah, man, I kind of <sighs> now I'm kind of sad every time I snipe a scion. Well, yes and no. Uh, I mean, they're just sorry to snipe me first. So I that's a this, dangerous path of logic to go down. This is a a piece that is important to this, uh, because I think there's a difference between what the conclave are trying to achieve. And what the scions as a whole maybe want. The conclave seems to want not only freedom of, of, from the cabal, but like they want to be the rulers. They want to be the Uh, ones that make the rules and they, they don't want to just like leave the empire and be like, they want to subjugate the rest of the cabal to the scions. Okay. Uh, Whereas um, with the introduction of Keitel as Empress, she actually emancipates all scions in Cabal, in the Cabal uh, society, I guess. Get the fuck out of here. Is is there an entry for this? Yep. So this is... There's got to be, right? Like, there's always an entry. (laughs) There's always an entry. So yeah, this comes from the lore book Empress, again, uh, chapter eight, which is titled, Empress, um, and it reads, A message from Empress Keitel of the Cabal to her fleet. I speak to you as crowned Empress of the Cabal Empire, your new leader. As I speak, we flee our home. Some of you lament our loss. Some of you whisper about the weakness of retreat. I assure you, we do not flee out of weakness. We march towards strength. We have found ourselves in a battle with war itself, and I have come to see that the face of war is ugly and poisonous. We are not the same as our enemies. We fight for a reason, for a purpose. Not for the pointless luxury, nor the approval of false gods. Unlike our predecessors, we fight to pay homage to our past and make strides towards our future. A future where all glory is not for vanity, but for our people. We fight for the Empire. We now chart towards the Soul System to recover the soldiers stranded there by Gaul's hubris. We will rebuild our army and return to reclaim our home. Our future will not look the same as our past. 
with your trust i will usher into i will usher us into a new age and i will not default on my promises as my father did before me for this moment forward all scions of the cabal empire are released from the bonds of servitude and granted full citizenship you are free to remain or leave as you please you will be granted reasonable supplies for your departure if you choose to go if you stay i must warn you the battle ahead will be long and arduous many of us will fight bleed and die to preserve our collective freedoms but together we will build an army where warriors fight not for themselves or for their grasping leaders but for each other there will be no mercy for false gods the cabal empire will rise from this challenge victorious united we will draw from our past to give strength to our future as one cabal end message holy shit so one of the Dude, very Keitel. first acts of Keitel is to say scions are no longer servants you guys are free to stay or leave as you'd like if you leave we will give you supplies to do so if you stay is gonna is gonna be a, a rough time but you're gonna be part of something greater than any one person i might be in love with Keitel. she's a very uh she's a very nuanced enigmatic. and very enigmatic leader absolutely she is fucking man all right all right I know so, what I'm rule 34ing later. No. Uh, <laughs> Bad Zor, cut that out. Uh, yeah, no, she's just. She, wow, man. I mean, she is really just like. I, she is an impressive leader. Mm-hmm. I could, I can, I can fully see her as 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 an equal now. Like up and up until right now, literally tonight. I have always looked at Keitel as just like, you know, another figurehead. But all this little stuff in here, all this little, you know, these subtle things that she's doing to please the old guard and still keep the cabal moving forward. Man. It's it's a hard line to tread and she's doing right. it very well. Absolutely. So yeah, Man. all of the scions Hash, within hashtag Keitel twenty twenty four. All of the scions within the Imperial Army, the Imperial Legion, are are free. Are citizens? They're there by choice because they believe right. in either the Cabal or Keitel's, you know, vision of the Cabal. Uh, well, then I'll keep sniping now, scions in. The, the scions that we are fighting, you know, elsewhere um, are either parts of old Red Legion detachments right. or, or right. you know, people that uh, have not aligned with one or the other that likely are still keeping their scions in some form of enslavement. Uh, which, which, okay, all right, you know what that means. That is starting to make more sense for Vox Obscura. Mm-hmm. So remember that, kids. 
Remember those words, Vox Obscura, because that is we're going to talk about that soon. TM. Yep. Uh, or if a scion is not, you know, in that situation, then they're part of this conclave, which is uh, not only trying to, you know, have freedom from the cabal for all scions, but also for the scions to become a power in and of themselves. Uh, as as a subjugator, so it's is is this like the subjugatee has now wanting to become the subjugator? I don't know if it's or ever it, explicitly is... stated that they want to uh, get revenge on the cabal per se, right? Uh, like I guess but... that's the thing. Is it is it like that, or are they just trying to be like an equal? Like they they are truly trying to be like a seat on the war council in quotation marks, so to speak, right? And I don't think that's it either. I think they, you know, their their goal may not be we want, I think their goal started as we want freedom from the cabal. We want to be able to leave and do our own thing and form our own society. And Kyle's and just freely is, granted that now. Right. And it is morphed into, you know, the only freedom we have is the one that we've been granted by the cabal that they, they were so graciously uh, gifted to us. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't prove our power. We need to show that we are a force to be reckoned with, not, you know, not just accept their charity. Uh, that, that's kind that's, of the vibe I get. That that makes more sense. Absolutely. I, I like that take on it. I really do. I I think that that's, yeah. Look, look, it, yeah. No, absolutely. Because it's it's, from their point of view, it's like, oh, yeah, cool, great. The subjugators just said, "Oh, we're free." You know, we've enslaved you for hundreds of thousand years. Oh, everything's forgiven. It's all free. Newsflash: This shit don't work like that. Yeah, and let's not pretend Hashtag that, American history. Yeah, let, let's not pretend that just because <laughs> the leader has proclaimed you are all free and equal citizens that the society, you know, reflects that. In, in I've seen way, I've seen this play out somewhere. I can't quite place it, but the entire mm. American history feels like this has been happening like that. Um. Uh, so yeah, maybe shit doesn't just change overnight. <laughs> uh, but Keitel's trying, and she, I think, truly believes in this. You know more. Uh in this grander future for the cabal where they've learned from their mistakes uh, and are, are stronger for it. And we're, we're kind of along for the ride now to see if, if that's where right. they end up and if we help them get there. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I guess, end on two questions then, um, which I think I already asked one. So maybe it'll be three questions. I don't know. Whatever. We stopped counting. Uh, will we, do you think we'll ever see a cabal or a, a scion specific faction. Like we have the fallen, we have the hive, we have the the cabal. Are we gonna see the scions? Do you think so? I don't think so. Not on that scale. We may see scion controlled or scion centric uh activities such as sure. you know a strike like or or something like sundial, like a, a seasonal activity or something. But I don't think they're ever going to become their own, like, separated enemy race. I think they'll always be part of the Cabal. Okay. 
Uh, then final question. Uh, do you think that there's, I mean, there's always a possibility, right? But how likely do you think the possibility of Keitel getting assassinated is? Not zero. That's uh, what I'm saying. Like we're in that realm now, right? Like if we're if we're to look at American history and and see what a a very enigmatic leader and somebody who literally wants to change the 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 future of their people for the good. Sometimes some people don't like that, and will take whatever means necessary to ensure that that doesn't happen. And she's Boy, we're got... really talking in like abstracts now. Like, so, <laughs> okay, I'm getting pretty she... good at this, though. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but no, she she has a lot of people that could potentially be trying to seek revenge. She's got people from within, uh, you know, cabal that liked the the old ways and sure. see her as um especially considering there's... her father changed cabal society during his right. reign they may see this as a, a return to form you know oh they're trying to leave behind the militaristic ways although she has been very careful about right being traditional in a lot of you know in a, in a lot of the the ways decisions are made at least at the surface um absolutely she has enemies in the Scion Conclave who have yep. already, you know, made attempts to to thwart her negotiations with Zavala. Yep. Um she has an enemy in Callus who is still floating around out there that she was on his list of people that needed to die. That's right. Um and she still has enemies within the the ranks of the guardians uh maybe not the player guardians but guardians and the city as a whole i'm sure. sure there are still plenty of people there that have not forgotten the red war and associate any cabal with you know that that Absolutely. devastation and will not i mean it's forgive. the same it's the same way that they treated the the elixni yeah for i you mean know, it's six fronts and and the various yeah. battles that the city's been under attack they just see the, they just the see all elixir has fallen and all fallen are bad but i mean these the <laughs> the times they are a changing brah <laughs> <laughs> um i remember today I, I was reading an entry i don't remember where i was where i was reading this at but it was a lore entry about uh an elixir going into a, a a noodle shop a ramen noodle shop and it was like you know i want you know i i would like to partake and everyone is like, this is just the weirdest thing for everyone. I think it's I think it's Chroma Rush. I think Chroma Rush was the was the lore entry that this was on. And everyone around him was like, what the hell is happening? What is going? Like everyone's freezing. Everyone's like, what is going on? And the the owner just like almost almost like subconsciously just accepts it. And and even even it's described as the owner's like muscle memory takes over, and he just starts asking, well, you know, how spicy you want it? Okay, starts mixing it up, and and you know, how much meat you want it? All right, well, here you go. And and the the fallen's like you know what's the protocol how do I, how do I consume this and, well you know you take this you eat you know you use chopsticks eat that and and then you slurp the the rest of it up and and or you know and he looks he looks at the licksney and is looking at his hands and looking at the chopsticks in his hands like uh you know maybe you just drink the whole thing fuck it <laughs> you know and so the licksney does and he's like this was fantastic this was great 
you know, tries to offer him. He offers him what is essentially a trinket. It's 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 a to the elixir. Like this is like the highest thing. It's a it's a uh, um, it's a replica of the traveler that's glowing like almost with ether in it. And and he tries to offer it to him as as compensation. And the and the guy's like, Nah, you're good. First one's on the house. And as the elixir leaves, it it. It doesn't say exactly what the elixir says back at him, but it's implied that it's something with a lot of hard consonants. And so I think it's a thank you, but I'm not entirely sure. And then the elixir bows and smiles and leaves, and everyone's just kind of standing there like, what the fuck just happened? Like, is that, did, you know, like, that's, that's like the clash of cultures, right? Like, the, so... the, <laughs> the bartender's like, or the ramen shop leader's like, I, you know, I don't know what to do with this thing. It's fine. I'm trying to be gracious and just, you know, fuck it. You can just have it. And then the elixir's like, oh, you just turned down my fucking greatest prize thing ever. Like, fuck you. Like, you know, like, yeah. So, yeah, that is um, a very wholesome lore entry that is technically in the middle of that elixir's story. Yeah. Uh, that explains what uh, some of what they said um to the 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 restaurant owner <laughs> as well as what happens afterwards um i was trying to say what happens afterwards is even uh, worse like i'm just gonna say may- maybe stop there <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe let that we'll be leave, the end of that story we'll just leave that one as the end of that story we'll we'll cover that story eventually because there's there's a lot of lore from uh um season of the splicer that are that is very we may we may have to do a I mean, we're we've done the history. We're, we're just gonna have a history of everything at at some point. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. We we covered the hive with books of sorrow. We have now covered the cabal. I know what our next big project is, Myth. There's there's a lot to go over with the elixir, so that would be a fun one too. I I think that's our um, next project. I think that's that. Well, may be one of the next series. Uh, do we have anything more for the history of cabal? Uh, we have nothing we're going to go over tonight. It is worth stating that um, shortly after the armistice is settled between the Cabal and you know, the, the Guardians, the city, uh, a distress signal is, dis- is, is picked up coming from a derelict ship which has just kind of appeared near where Mars used to be. Uh, and the ship has the designation of the Glycon. And our guardian goes to investigate that ship and discovers that it was uh, who its previous inhabitants were and what has happened to turn it into this ghost ship of sorts. Uh, and that also has a lot to do with the Cabal. Uh, and that is going to be a story that I really want to dive into, and we're probably going to dedicate almost the entirety of our next and final episode around the cabal uh to just the story of the glycon yeah yeah um uh, all right well then i guess i'll uh i guess i'll start thank yous then since we i mean we did it we did it we 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 did it we did another one we did a thing yay um this uh so i've the last few thank yous uh we've been we've been highlighting people 
uh, on social media, uh, as well as uh, through uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, some of the reviews that are there. Um, do we have any other places uh, that you know of, Myth, that people have been able to to, to give us a shout out and, and give us some kind words that we can say thank you to? Um, so we, we do have other places, uh, primarily it's going to be our Podbean page has the ability to leave comments if you're so inclined. Uh, unfortunately, Spotify does not have reviews or comments, um, as an option for us at the moment because you have to hit a certain amount of engagement, essentially uh before you can you know before you have access to that um but uh for for the most part i think probably probably twitter is the easiest place to to leave something if you're if you're looking to to communicate or leave feedback or whatnot yeah uh and for anyone that doesn't already know our twitter handle is at myths and stories with a z spelt the same way the title of the show is like like Z T O R I E S. I tried to explain this to somebody today, or or the the one of our newer followers, and he thought it was a Z at the end of stories, and then he thought it was a Z at the end of myths. Oh uh, yeah. And I was like, oh no 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 no, it's Z it's stories because it's a play on our names because he's Mythborn and I'm Zorialis, so it's myths and stories. Yeah. Anyway, a comment that actually was left for us on on our Twitter. Uh, by one Nico Angelino, uh, who says, "All cut up, fantastic podcast. Glad I found you guys. Uh, excited for ep- for earlier episodes. Powered through the books of sorrow on a trip from Ohio to Virginia and back. Ten out of ten podcast and lore explanation. So, thank you, Nico. Yeah, that uh." That stuff always it just it, it hits you right in the feels feels good makes, makes you feel smile. like you're doing things that uh, you know that people are enjoying so we will continue to do so. Uh, okay. Well, if we don't have any other new places uh, that 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 people have left comments to to say thank you or anything to, uh, I'm going to do a special thank you tonight, and that is uh, to every member of our clan. Um, to I, I guess he's not Big Scotty anymore, is he? He's just Scotty now, isn't he? In Destiny, at he, least. He he changed his name. Okay. Uh, so Big Scotty, um, T and Italiano, uh, Keiston, Eclipse seventy five, Mythborn, of course, uh, Poppy so strong, uh, Seraphim thirteen, uh. Ray with a bunch of numbers and stuff. I think it's 1978-1125. Um, don't ask me how I know that date. I just know I'm 99% sure that's what his, the rest of his thing is. Um, Alpha Shepherd. Cannot forget Alpha Shepherd. Yeah. Um, Stinky Lee. I, I, I almost almost forgot. Our our friend in another time zone. Uh, Slizmic Striker. Uh, almost, almost forgot Slizmic there. Um... All you guys, I, I have I have been in kind of these weird moods lately, and and 
I know that they've been kind of dragging on everyone in the group. And I just want to say thank you to all of you for sticking with me and putting up with me. Because uh, I know I can be a shit sometimes. And I promise to do better. That's 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 a that's a sincere thank you and a sincere promise on both sides. So yeah. Myth, got anything? That's that's it for me. Alrighty. Sweet. Well, from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week.